everyone, I'm Lily. And I'm Anna, and welcome back to At Home With Lily and Anna. A podcast where we catch up every week from our homes in London and Brighton. And if you're new around here, this podcast is split into two parts. So first we talk through our top five of the week, and then in part two we answer your questions and discuss a particular topic gathered from the At Home With Facebook page. This week we're going to be talking about pregnancy, giving birth, motherhood and all the juicy bits in between (laughs) real talk (laughs) hi anna how are you i'm good how are you doing i feel like we're both in a in a grinny like giggly mood today i'm in yeah i'm in quite a good like happy bubbly mood i feel like pumped monday morning yes pumped i love it um give me the peak of your week what you've been up to what you've been loving so Last week, I actually took Grey to a little farm oh. and it was so cute. And that was my absolute <laughs> highlight of the week because she hasn't really been able to do anything like that because of lockdown and everything. So she saw some goats and some alpacas and some ducks and all kinds of animals. And she absolutely loved it. And it was just so cute. Oh, she was into it. She was so into it. She, she was like, the farm. this is what I see in the books. Exactly. In exactly. real life. Um, also, she took her first few steps this week. That was a, a definite peak of the week. It's so cute. She's just like so proud of herself. Um, it's really exciting. It's so clever that they learn how to do things, these little humans. It's wild. And also, like, I, I just feel like next week you're going to be like, she's running. <laughs> she pretty much is because she, she has to just like go really fast and then she just like face plants. Um, it's really sweet. I'm taking her for her first little shoe appointment this week. Oh my God, stop. She's going to get her feet measured and some little shoes. Um, Yeah, it's really sweet. (laughs) I just did a squeal then. That was just like a... (laughs) So that was my ovary just bursting. (laughs) What was your peak of the week? My peak of the week was my friend turned 30 yesterday and it coincided with a slight like lifting of the lockdown measures in England, which was very exciting because it meant we got to have one household and our household inside Um, obviously still socially distancing but it was a dream it was so lovely to like host people it felt in I'm putting like my little brackets up here normal it was it was just lovely we had pizza we did our film club in person and I basically spent the whole weekend making a cake for her Um, I've left it till like the end of lockdown to make a ridiculous cake Lily I cannot wait you know what I'm going to show Lily a photo Um, you guys can check out my Instagram I would have put it online by then Um, I've never made a cake like this in my life. (gasps) Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. I was very impressed with myself. It is a a, elderflower and roasted strawberry layer cake. And it's from this book, which is called The New Way to Cake by Benjamina Abui. Um, And I was honestly, it was seriously, it was so much fun to make. It was very involved. It did take me like almost two days. Um, But the end result, I was super, super happy with it. And it was just so nice to like give that to her and celebrate. And yeah, I had a great (gasps) Sorry, what's a roasted strawberry? Literally just strawberries roasted. It was, and then you make a jam out of that. Wow. It was delicious, like absolutely delicious. This like homemade strawberry jam that goes in it. And you put kind of elderflower cordial in it as well. Oh, that sounds delicious. But did you see the video that went around about strawberries and the worms? What? I know, like apparently you just put strawberries in a bowl of water with salt and these like worms come out of them and it, they're, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> All, like, so many of my friends are like, we're not eating strawberries anymore. I'm like, come on now, it's protein. I just got protein. like a gaggy tickle. Yeah, yeah don't, watch it. Throat, that don't is. watch it. Speaking of watching things, what was your watch like share repeat from the week? So mine's actually something that I've seen quite a few people like working on. I'm not working on this, but it's from um, Body Form. Have you seen it? It's their womb stories video. Is this, I feel like someone shared it and was like, be prepared to cry. Yeah, I feel like it's quite relevant for this week's podcast episode, but it's called Womb Stories. And it's a kind of short, short film, maybe short little clip, Uh, female director, female stop motion artists. And it's just sharing lots of different stories, very like real life about giving birth and our wombs and periods and it's just such a cute little video and it's 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 really hard to explain it's just so clever you have these like little plasticine models that are like inside your womb and when you get like a period pain it it, like the house goes on fire it's just really (laughs) clever and cute um so i'll definitely put the link for that in the show notes and 
you should watch it it's good yeah I, I actually I have seen someone share that but someone said it might make you cry and I was just like oh I don't know if I'm ready for a cry you right cry now. everything so yeah it will make you cry I did a little scroll by mine is actually something that you might have seen shared on Instagram as well and it is Jordan Firstman's Instagram he's a filmmaker actor and writer and he does these impressions. Have you seen it, Lily? Lily's like laughing. The truffle oil. The truffle oil. It's unreal. <laughs> it's so good. I've shared it with like everyone I know. And it's basically him pretending to be truffle oil. Well, he does lots of different ones, but the ones, there's two that I love. Him pretending to be truffle oil. And he's like, hey guys, just so you know, I'm really overpowering. And like, you haven't got a hope in hell. Like, okay, texture. Yeah, you're cool. But like, <laughs> Pepper, no, not gonna happen. Like all, all, all that is gonna happen here is me. It's he's like so when you first funny. meet me, it's like really intimidating, overwhelming. <laughs> but you know, I'm just really proud of myself. I'm doing well now. Like rich people like me. <laughs> so good. It's they are all so funny. He does them in a series. I think he's up to like twelve sort of sets of these that he's done. He uploads them to his Instagram grid. Katy Perry comments under every single one, which I find <laughs> fascinating. I also love Banana Bread's publicist one. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey girl, just want to say you've won the time person of the year. I know we did it. We did it. Like it's so it's so funny. He's like, pumpkin pie is trying, but like it's just not, they need to wait for their time. It's so funny. It really tickled me. I so, literally was crying watching these. I will put them, I'll put his Instagram down below. You have to check it out. It's so, so good. <laughs> Do you have a top of the box this week? Because sorry, big announcement. I don't have one. I don't have anything, which is crazy. You haven't watched any TV or you're just embarrassed about what you watched? We haven't watched anything worth recommend recommending. I've watched a couple of films that I thought were average. And yeah, I just didn't want to fill a space with nothingness, you know? I'm going to wait till I've got something good to tell you guys about. Fair enough. Um, I only have two of the uh, the film club picks. I'm finding film club just like so much TV that actually when it's not film club night, I'm like, I just want to read my book. Um, but we did watch Heathers, which was my pick. It's got Winona Ryder, Christian Slater in a kind of high school it's basically Mean Girls but a dark comedy where everyone dies oh um Mean Girls was obviously very heavily based on Heathers like there's even some direct like scene comparisons so kind of fascinating to watch for that um and then also my friend Sally who's 30th it was yesterday picked nine to five which had Dolly Parton (gasps) in it she wrote nine to five the song on the set I think of this film um, or, or she definitely wrote it like for this film. It's got Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, and also Jane Fonda. So Lily and Jane are in Grace and Frankie together. And this is them like back in 1980. Um, it was like really fun. Again, just like a bit of a wild ride, like office comedy, a bit like slapstick humor. Everyone, just a, a good Sunday night, a good Sunday night film. Nice. It was Very good. Nice. What about show and tell? Um, so I haven't got anything to physically show you because what? I haven't I haven't got one yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have okay. I've made an order. You know? <laughs> okay, so it's girl. more like show and tell something that I've discovered. Um, a brand called Can Can with a K. Um, I was talking about refillable hand wash, and someone on Instagram recommended them to me, and I just think it's so genius. It's a company founded by two women. You know when you see something and you're like, why did I not think of that? I wish I thought <laughs> Jeez, of that. I, I want did. this to be my company. So basically, you buy something called the Forever Bottle, which is a really nice, like one of those kind of amber glass bottles, and they oh. do hand wash, like baby wash, and I'm sure one day they'll end up doing like shampoo and conditioner. And then you buy the refills, but the refills are in aluminium cans. So the issue a lot of brands have with refills is that they're natural products and they can get, um, what's it called? When they're not like- It uh, it can degrade the product. Yeah, exactly. So people have, other brands have really struggled to find like how to do refills, especially if they're like plastic free. So they've put them in cans and I just think it's so genius because they're like 100% plastic free and you can recycle them. And if you look at like the branding, it's really cool. And I just think you can buy like a starter kit that comes with the forever bottle and then one can, and then you just buy the cans as refills. I just think it's genius. Wanted to share them. Um, I think they're quite recently started and it looks really cool. That sounds cool. That will be linked in the show notes if you want to yeah. check that out. Um, I like we've gone for sort of different things this week. You've gone for your can-can hand wash <laughs> thing. I've gone for a book. Um, I'm really enjoying Samantha Irby's We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. Um, which is a collection of like nonfiction essays. If you love David Sedaris's work, which is funny and silly 
and like quite vulgar in places, lots of poop stories, then you'll you'll really, really like this. I've read her other one, um, her newest book, which is called Wow No Thank You, which is hilarious. And this one is just brilliant. I just was like, I just want to read something fun and lighthearted. And in the evenings, I get really excited to read it and like delve into another essay that will no doubt make me chuckle out loud. So highly, highly recommend that. Um, but now we're getting on to the good bit. 100% yum, Lily. Let's talk about food. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to recommend a book for my 100% yum. Uh, it's Joe Wicks's new book. Uh, I'm not like a massive Joe Wicks fan. Am I allowed to say that? Do you know I mean? I've never <sighs> it's been very that controversial. Into... I know. There's another sorry. podcaster, Lily, like, well, <laughs> podcaster beef. Well, you had it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not a fan, but I was never like into like, woo, body coach. But once he had a baby, he got into like weaning and talking about weaning with kids. And I actually think I really like the recipes and stuff that he does. And he's done it with uh, SR Nutrition, who I love following on Instagram. She helped him with this book. So the book is Weaning 15. And I just I think it's got some really good recipes. It's a really good one if you like feeding your baby, you know, like not plain food. And you like eating with them because like we made her this Caribbean chicken curry from here. Me and Rich both had it for lunch and then she had it for dinner. We just added salt to ours and it's so, so delicious. And I think every recipe I've made so far has been really good. So I'd recommend it. Was that what she was eating the other day? We were FaceTiming the other day and you were feeding Gray some kind of like orangey curry Mm. thing. And I was just like, what? Sorry, what is great eating? Because that yeah. looks amazing. And it's so good. And yeah, with like coconut milk and spices. Mm. And seriously, I would like make that curry just for like you and Mark. You'd like it. <laughs> oh, this is making me so hungry. Um, I have a snack food this week. Ooh. Pre-packaged snack food. Oh my gosh, can't get enough of them. I just realized that we didn't have enough snacks in our life. And you know, you do that thing where you go to the cupboard and you open the cupboard and you look in the cupboard and nothing has changed. And then you look in the fridge and nothing has changed. Then you go back Mm. to the cupboard and you look in. Like, I was just doing that just circle on repeat, like at least three times a day. So it's like, we need, we need to invest in some snack foods here. We need to just have a a few little bits that we can grab that aren't like totally junk. Um, And so I picked up some of the Gray's Smoky Barbecue Crunch, which is like, Roasted chickpeas, like cr- crunchy, dried, <laughs> roasted, like chickpeas et al, like, and other things in this, yeah, smoky barbecue kind of flavoring. Oh my gosh, I can't get enough of them. I just, I could eat a whole pack in one go. Mm, but just nice when you, when you want something kind of salty yeah. and, and crunchy and a little bit like a crisp. I mean, to yeah. be fair, you, might, you probably might as well just eat a packet of crisps. But these, I'm like, look at me eating my crispy chickpeas. Have <laughs> you not made your chickpeas yet? I haven't made my chickpeas and I still haven't got my hands on those garam masala brave <laughs> chickpeas that I can't stop thinking about. Like what happens if you just roast chickpeas with garam masala on top? To be fair, that would be the same. I, I, mm. I have garam masala... I probably yeah. have a tin of chickpeas. I could, I could just do that. I've made roasted Anna, chickpeas. Anna, this is a before. video like waiting to happen. I know, I know. I was just too busy making my, my strawberry cake that <laughs> took me like two days. But yeah, loving some kind of instant snack food when you ju- you just need something. You just need something. So there yum. you go. I will link those down. Yum. There you go. Yum. Hundred percent yum. <laughs> By the way, these gifts that we've been talking about aren't up yet, but they will be, hopefully for this week. Already they might so. be up for this week. Oh my God, that'd be Ooh. exciting. Check it out, guys. Very exciting. Cool. Let's let's do some part two. Right, I want this bit of the podcast to be like two friends sitting down, one's got a baby, one hasn't, and you know when you're like, oh my God, did you poo when you gave birth? Like, I yes. want this to be like honest, the truth, taboo, the stuff that no one tells you, like yeah. real talk. Let's get into it. I'm, I'm not going to be embarrassed about saying anything. Um, yes, we have a male um, <laughs> podcast editor. I'm very aware that he's listening right now. But apart from that, you guys are all girls. We're all on the same page here. Honestly, well, we have we do have a, a small male audience. Like, hello, shout out to you guys too. Um, but yeah, me and Lily actually had, I, I don't think I've laughed that hard. Like that was, that was my like monthly, you know, when you're like belly laughing, like I wish we, someone, one of us had recorded it. Cause, it was, Cause like, I sent you laughing. a voice note. You sent me a voice note and then I called you back and was like, I have to just talk to you about this immediately because Lily was like, I cannot believe I'm going to be talking about like discharge <laughs> and Joel is going to be listening. And then we both ended up crying. It was hilarious but we this is it this is real talk this is like 
answering all of those questions that you would talk to a friend about. Maybe you haven't got a friend who's got a baby yet. So this is like your opportunity to hear all the things. And I want to put a disclaimer out there. I'm sure you guys are all aware, but everyone has very different pregnancies, different births, different experience of motherhood. This is literally just my experience. Um, Everyone has different symptoms. Some people don't have any symptoms. So just really be aware of that. This is just me. It's not like fact. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Should we, should we like start off at the beginning? Let's start off at the beginning. Okay. So the question I'm just very like fascinated by is like you were on the pill before. How do you make that decision to come off? And like, how do you arrive at the moment of like, okay, I want a child. Basically, how did you know? In capital letters, like, how did you know? Everyone always asks this, like, how do you know you were ready? And I don't think it's like a sudden like, oh, I'm ready for a baby. We'd like talked about it for a while. We knew like when we moved into our house, maybe we'd want to have a baby. And I think because I was on the pill, it was more of like a decision than like, if you're not on the pill, it's like, oops, let's just be a bit less careful. I had to really decide to come off it. So I waited till I had one pill pack left. And I I remember I was talking about it and I was feeling, I was like, so am I not going to get more after this? Like, I think I just had this feeling, this like gut feeling that I felt a bit like distant and I felt a bit like unengaged from everything and a bit bored. And not that that's a reason to have a baby, but I think that's, that was my signal of like, maybe I just need something else. Like my job wasn't like totally satisfying as me as much as it used to, like being all consuming. I was like, I just feel like I want another, another thing. But I knew it was like this whole process. I'd had friends that struggled to have babies and I knew it wasn't necessarily going to be easy. And, but I had also been told in the past by my gynecologist who I went to for like bladder issues when I was younger, like, oh, you're very fertile, I can see. So like when you come off the pill, you'll get pregnant straight away. So I had that like in my head as well. So I think I remember like taking my last pill and being like, talking to Rich and being like, oh my God, this is so weird, I'm gonna come off the pill. And um, I also knew that you're meant to, apparently it doesn't matter if you don't, I'm sure, but you're meant to have like one natural period before you try and get pregnant. So I came off the pill, had my like normal period that you get, And then I was like, okay, I need one more natural period and then we can like start trying. And it just never came. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I don't know what I was expecting, but I'd been on the pill since I was like a teenager. So I didn't know my natural cycle or anything. I thought, okay, maybe it's going to take a little while. Me being like the impatient person that I am was like, I just want to know, like, I wanted to know if am I going to have issues? Like, is this a thing? And I actually looked back at my emails before this podcast and I saw that I emailed my gynecologist in March, so that was March 2018. And I told her what happened. I came with the pill, I got my period and then I haven't had my period. And she was like, yeah, your period will come soon. Don't worry, but you should wait for two periods before trying. So I was like, oh, okay, like twiddling my thumbs. And then I emailed her in like July, like a few months later. And I was like, I've only had one period. And she was like, okay, we'll come in. If it doesn't come, like come in and have a check. And then like the next day my period came. So it just <laughs> took like a while to like find my cycle, I was having like 42 day cycles and it was like really frustrating. And then it just became like a logistical thing. Like I'd stopped thinking about whether I wanted a baby or not. I was just like, when, when am I ovulating? Yeah. But I don't know if it's like a sudden thing that you just like know. I think you just- I've heard some people it is. It's like that lightning moment or I've heard a friend say it was when she heard that someone else was pregnant. Someone else was kind of announcing their pregnancy pregnancy and she was like normally every other time I've been like yay oh my god that's amazing I'm so happy for you and she was like this one time I was like oh I I think I want that for me like and yeah. there's that kind of mo- like moment where you there's a shift and you notice that shift in yourself now looking back I'm like I can't imagine how because you don't know what what it is that you're missing out on do you know what I mean yeah you don't know like I want that thing because you don't know how that thing feels so I think for me yeah it was just that feeling of like something's a bit missing. Yeah. Like what, what are we doing now? Like I'm bored of going to King's Cross every Saturday. Like our, <laughs> our like our routine would just, it just, yeah. I was like, I want something else. You're ready for And that's exactly show. how having a baby like feels for us. It's like, it's added this whole new like excitement into our lives. So yeah, I think that's how I knew, but it was, it was quite scary. Like, oh, this is the last pill that I'm taking. What happens now? I have a question that's a bit off piste. What is it like to have sex when you're like, this is making a baby sex. Let me try and remember. Well, <laughs> is it like, do you look at each other and are you like, yeah, wow. I never, Yeah, I never experienced that. Like, oops. It was very much like, I know that I'm ovulating and I know that I'm not on the pill. Yeah. Um, so it definitely takes the like sexiness out of it. 
it's more it's more like there was definitely the odd moment oh i really hope my mum's not listening to this podcast there's definitely a moment of definitely the odd moment of like rich we've got to do it today and it was like this is fun <laughs> not it's very different like <laughs> i'm not I, oh no wait <laughs> i really need to remember there's lots of people listening <laughs> no i think i think there is a lot of people a lot of friends who have spoken about about this is it's like if say you don't get pregnant in that first month then you might start using ovulation sticks and you might start tracking your ovulation and then it's like okay cool we're ovulating hop on it's yeah. happening like whether I just you want never, to or not. i never knew this before like pe- people are like the pressure is on us to take the pill and not get pregnant, but men are fertile every single day. Their sperm, you know, most whatever men, unless there's issues, are fertile every day. We are only fertile for like three days of the month. I swear I did not know this before trying to get pregnant. So but I think there's it can no even point. be less. I think there can be a window of like yeah. four hours to three days. Yeah. Like it, it can be really tiny or or as big as three days, but that's still not. That's like ten percent of a month. So if you're like, I mean, don't try it, but like having sex on like day three after your period like you're not fertile then that that whole bit like blew my mind so it became like yeah. a bit of a maths test and it was like okay but then what I realized is my ovulation sticks were wrong and that like threw a whole spanner in the works it's very stressful I think I mean oh no <laughs> I don't know what I can and can't say <laughs> I think we had like sex like a record amount of times one month that like it almost put me <laughs> off for life I'm not gonna lie <laughs> Let's just like add in the context here that you were living at home during the no, time. No, no, let's not add in that context, please. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, it's so weird, isn't it? That like you have to have sex to get pregnant. Well, you don't have to. But like the fact when you tell your parents you're pregnant, they're literally like, oh, cool. Like, I mean, they know you're having sex, but it's literally like, hi, dad, just so you know, I had sex like a few months ago. Um, just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> It's so weird. It's so weird. It is. It is such a strange phenomenon. But I think. I think that that part of the conversation is interesting. And if you don't have friends, I've only learned this through like speaking to you and speaking to other friends who've tried. It is. There's. It's so much to do with your ovulation cycle, which is this kind of mystery thing that mm. we're not taught about. We we don't learn about it at school in sex education. Really, like. And, yeah. and actually that's such a big part of of trying to conceive and, and having a baby. My biggest tip would be just don't, it's, you know, you read everywhere like day 14 of your cycle and just forget about that because everyone's day 14 is different. Yeah. Everyone's, and I remember watching Ruth's video and she struggled to conceive and she found out she was ovulating on like day eight. Yeah. And that's the issue where you start getting into your head that you're like, oh, day 14. It's only day 14 if you have a 28 day cycle. I was yeah. having 32, 42 day cycles. So it wasn't day 14 or whatever I just said it was like day 22 like it's just forget about that forget about what it says when it should be because everyone's body is so different exactly um moving on to like so so you've done your thing you've had your record amount of sex (laughs) (laughs) you're pregnant oh my god what was your biggest struggle during pregnancy like what what is it that no one tells you did you feel lonely did you struggle like dressing for your bump like how did you feel in that moment so I actually told friends and family early on um so that really helped with the loneliness um I was quite passionate about that I just felt that if something terrible happened would I tell those people anyway because then I needed them I need and I would have felt really lonely so and it helps not having people like bug you to like go somewhere and go out and they know why you just want to like be quiet and stay at home or check in on me because I was home alone and throwing up. So that really helped with the loneliness for me. Um, it does make it a bit scarier and a bit more real, the fact that you've had to tell people if something were to go wrong. But I think I would do that again next time. It did like massively help me. Mm. But for me, it's just the hormones. Like I don't think I knew before about the hormones. It's crazy. If you actually think about it, you're growing a baby and that first trimester, you're making every little bit, you're making their organs, you're making their brain. And you might be making a boy baby or a girl baby and that changes the levels of hormones. And this is like hormone imbalance and that's what just affects absolutely everything. That is like the foundation to to everything. And I had mental and like physical struggles in pregnancy. And like I said, everyone has such different symptom, symptoms. Like mentally, I just felt so unmotivated, so tired. And it's not like, it's not like sort of tired where you, want to close your eyes and go to sleep it's like this like physical heavy tiredness we're just like walking doing lifting a bottle up from the table feels tiring it's so intense and overwhelming um just trying to like balance work and stuff at the beginning when no one knows that you're pregnant 
Um, and just this like lack of personality. I really just felt like I had no personality. I couldn't make any decisions. If Rich said to me, do you want ready salted or salt vinegar crisps? I would just stare at him like he's asking me the hardest question in the world. <laughs> it's so weird. It's just, you can't, it's like your brain just isn't working. Um, and I had like a lot of anxiety at the beginning. There wasn't even necessarily like actual anxiety about losing the baby or anything. It was just that feeling of anxiety. You know, that really like you feel sick and like your jaw goes a bit stiff and you feel a bit shaky. That was really intense for me. Um, so that was kind of more of like the mental side of the struggles, but mm. physically, oh my God, so much happens. So much happens at the <laughs> beginning that I wasn't aware of. Again, just because of the hormones, like the hair growth, Anna, I'm sorry, ahead of oh, time. God, I know. We oh, were, we've started, anyway. we've started hairy anyway. And, and, you can't like laser or anything either. So it's like, and epilating hurts so much. The hair growth was crazy, like on my face, on my stomach, like everywhere, hair just went insane. And that's good for some, you know, your nails grow and stuff, but yeah, the hair growth was <laughs> insane. Weird things, like I got skin tags everywhere. Like, especially in like kind of sweaty areas or like under my boobs, loads of skin tags. And I've heard people talk about that. They get skin tags as well. I don't know why it's so random, the things you get in pregnancy. I had like a little cyst in my, I that just made me feel like awful especially as like filming my face all the time on camera I was like what the hell I don't even know how to get rid of this um this like constant metallic taste in my mouth which just took away the enjoyment of eating food which is like my favorite thing ever I had that for so long I can't explain it it's just this like oh. it just tastes like metallic like you've got a time. spoon in your mouth like constantly it's awful oh. it's, it's just it's awful I was so happy when that finally went away um, and I also remember this like breathlessness when talking and it's not like, cause you're heavily pregnant cause it's at the beginning. I just, I couldn't like get through a sentence without like, oh my God, it's just constant breathlessness, which was bizarre. I mean, I'm, I'm still going with these symptoms, spots, <laughs> crazy spots, like everywhere. I just broke out. And I think that's a girl baby thing. Like they say Ooh. like girls take away your beauty and boys <laughs> like give you a glow. Who knows? Definitely was the case for me. Um, Oh my God, I couldn't stop burping. I never burp. I'm so not a burper. I couldn't make it through a sentence without burping. I was just so gassy. What the hell? It's so annoying. I couldn't film a YouTube video. She's literally like reading through her scroll here and she's like burping. Literally. Okay. And then the one that I was the most embarrassed to talk about with Joel editing. But you know how before you have a baby, you're like, oh my God, you don't get a period for nine months. So exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that. Because first of all, you get so many other things. You don't notice that you're not on your period. But I had to wear a panty liner every day of my pregnancy because the discharge is so intense. Like oh. no one warned me of that. I was so excited to like not have a period, but it's it's almost like worse in a way because you have to wear something every day. Oh. It, yeah, I did not know about that. Is that I don't a even know why symptom? that. I hope so, otherwise I'm just like really embarrassed myself in front of everyone. Hopefully it's a coincidence. Have any of your friends had that as well? I can't say that we've discussed it, weirdly. It hasn't come up. Um, This is an exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think it's just bodily fluids, isn't it? It's just hormones again. Stuff is happening down there. Yeah, it really is. Um, It's so weird. Like that is just something I didn't know about. Oh my God, constipation. I've just remembered another one. So bad. The whole way through pregnancy and after. Oh. Yeah. And that's really the worst intense. if after, because then again, you've had stuff happen down there and you're just like, I don't want to be pushing things yeah. more. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't have her that way. Um, but I've heard that it's like, you don't want to push. You just need to like, let it come out in its own time. I had to take um, laxatives anyway. Yeah. Because y- you do. <laughs> that's yeah. nothing you have to no, take. No, you need to soften, you need to soften those stools. Yeah, exactly. Um, God, so much. But I don't want to like, put anyone off because it's so weird to the thing about pregnancy and motherhood is this is like constant conflict between like something that's so hard but the most incredible thing you'll ever do in your life so like even now listing all of those symptoms like I'd do it again in a heartbeat it's just the best thing ever and you you feel amazing like even though you feel gross and awful you like you feel like a superwoman like I remember walking around with this bump just being like I grew a baby like Look, I used to look, oh my God, I suddenly had such a respect for women and I would literally look at look at men and be like, what do you do in life? I literally, I remember, <laughs> I remember, remember, that. I remember saying to Rich, like, I grew an ear today. What did you do? And he's like, um, I wrote a report for work. And I'm like, 
I grew, I grew an arm. I, I grew an arm your, today. Like, you were just like, women are amazing. I felt like, really like empowered by it. Yeah. I literally was like, we are incredible. Um, so yeah, despite all the list of symptoms, don't let it put you off. But it, it equally, it's good to be prepared for like yeah. the weird things, the weird skin tags. Like what the hell? That's, and also like how crazy that you're talking about the discharge. And then that's something that you haven't even discussed with your friends. Like, mm. so it's one of those things like it's happened to you. I'm sure it's happened to many other women also growing babies. Like, why is it something that isn't spoken about? I think because people are worried about like putting you off. Mm. I don't know, I like... I found this as well, like being pregnant, people want to tell you your horror stories. I find that people don't talk enough about the good stuff, but people also don't talk enough about the bad stuff. It's like finding that weird balance, isn't it? Mm. You, I want people to be aware of the hard stuff, but I also really want people to be aware of how incredible it is because I feel like all people do is complain about motherhood. So it's tricky. I think it's also people tend to talk about like the dramatic, you know, someone's yeah. had a baby and it was this heavy. And she yeah. Came, she, or she ripped from here to here. It's like that very dramatic thing rather than like, the daily minutiae of of like discharge or hairiness or whatever it is, like those sorts of things, people go for the more dramatic yeah. stories. Oh, and there's definitely still an eye roll of like, oh, she caught her baby in the pool, lol. Like, yeah. what? Why is that? Why is that like, it should be a good, like positive yeah. thing. It's really weird. Yeah, people do love the drama. Talking of the drama, um, and I think this is, this is an interesting point because we, me and Lily have spoken about children childbirth everything to do that comes with it for years like I don't think I've spoken to anyone more anyone else like about it more um and I think one thing we've always spoken about we're not we're not we are quite squeamish as people really and how were you not absolutely freaked out by the idea of childbirth and I think and I've written like in my notes like we are not good with that kind of shit but also I noticed such a huge difference a huge change in you and this is like that I talk to like my friends about when they're talking about being freaked out about it I'm like Lily was freaked out and then when she actually gave birth she was like the chillest most zen human and I think that let's have a talk about that change in you and how that came about it's so ch- I feel like you're properly interviewing me <laughs> I know I feel very professional right now <laughs> that was that was a really good transition good question um <laughs> I, yeah, I totally used to, I spent like 10 years freaking out about it. Like my sisters had had kids. I'd been there for one of my sister's birth kind of, and it was really traumatic. Like the sirens went off and I just thought that's what birth was like. Like we see it on One Born every minute, we see it in films. And I think, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if it was the hormones or, or what, but I think when I got pregnant, I thought, look, it's happening now. I haven't got a choice. How am I going to spend the next nine months? Like I'm quite good at knowing like, how I'm feeling being aware of my own feelings like do I want to feel this panicked for the next nine months or do I not and then like making a decision based on that I met Siobhan Miller who's the founder of the positive birthing company and it just like blew my mind I couldn't believe how like life-changing it was to meet her um and she taught me all about like positive birth stories and how it can really affect how you feel if you kind of look more and do more research into positive birth stories and positive birth stories they don't mean like oh she had her baby in the pool and it was great it just means that no matter the birth you have whether it's c-section emergency it's how you feel about it and how you like act when you're having it um rather than like hearing these like stories traumatic stories and people telling you these stories surrounding yourself with positivity and looking at them online um, if you guys are pregnant, check out the Positive Birthing Company. It's hypnobirthing, but hypnobirthing is so not what I thought it was before I got pregnant. It's just so incredible. It's just learning a lot about science. Once I actually learned like what a contraction is and I could visualize it, I found it so, so interesting. And it really like changed absolutely everything for me. I think knowledge is like power. And I felt like I was in charge um, and the midwives were there to like assist me. Mm. And I think it was just, it was so good, really. Yeah. I, again, that's like something that I pass on to people that I'm talking about. I'm like, there is that, oh, hypnobirthing and people are like, oh, it's a bit out there as a concept kind of thing. And and I'm like, I, it, no, I, I think it was more for you. It, it really helped you shift that mindset. And that was a mindset that we had both freaked each other out about for yeah. many, many, many years. And, or, and I think women do like, yeah, you, you share these stories of like horrible things that have happened and actually, yeah. I think, yeah, you, you were like, no, I'm going to be positive about this. And you were so calm and so zen. 
and yeah it was it was really like amazing to watch that in you it's that lack of control and actually now I'm not pregnant again I feel quite panicked about childbirth again it's so funny but when I'm like in it when I'm pregnant I can really like concentrate and like think about it and learn and hypnobirthing does give you the control back like no you can't necessarily control what birth you're going to have but you can 100% use your mind to like control how you feel and therefore how your relaxed your body is and how it how it will uh, react to childbirth like all the horror stories I'd heard were often women who had no idea like you know, when my sister had her baby, she was the first one out of her friends and family and she had no idea what a contraction was or anything. And it all just became really like dramatic and traumatic. And I just think the more you know, and the more you can control about the situation, the more relaxed you feel and the better birth you can have. Yeah. Okay. So you give birth. Can I just say like unexpected things from giving birth? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had no idea that lying down would be so painful because all the films you see women are always lying down. I couldn't lie on a bed. Every time they wanted to inspect me, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. I didn't realize that. I thought I'd be lying down like quite a lot. Um, oh my God, I had this whole plan of like what I was going to wear in the pool. Like I'm not a <laughs> naked person. So I was like, right, I bought like a special nightie for mother care that had like straps that came off. And like, I thought I'm not going to wear knickers so they can get to me easily. And oh my God, I did not wear that nightie at all. I was just like <laughs> walking around in a bra. Like you can't even see anything down there because you've got a huge bump. So like <laughs> I was just fully naked and did not care at all. I took so much food with me, didn't eat at all. All I wanted was watermelon. Like so different to what I thought. And yes, I did poo in the pool. But did you even, like in that moment, you don't care? I was just like, oh, Rich was like, Rich was helping get it out with a little sieve. Some hospitals <laughs> make you take a sieve with you. How funny is that? And then some have like disposable sieves. And it was just a bit of like a, it was a bit of a lull moment. It was like the mid- midwife was like, you don't have to help. I can do that. He was like, no, no, it's fine. It's not like big poo. It's just like little <laughs> bits, you know? It's not, it's not a big deal. You just don't care. You just don't care. This is the thing. It's yeah. In that moment, no one is saying, "I'm horrified." I'm so <laughs> horrified that I have poo. Yeah. They they have seen it all. These doctors and nurses have seen it all. Like and you're like, I'm pushing a baby out. Like, yeah. of course, poo's gonna come out. Big poo, small poo, diarrhea. I'm sure they have seen everything, and nothing is a shock to them. And they're oh not. God, going, I... They're not going home and saying like to their to their partner over dinner like i saw a gigantic boo today yeah. they talk about the amazing babies that they've birthed like i had to sit on the toilet for quite a long time actually during my labor because it was the only place that felt like comfortable because you know when you're like sitting on the toilet and doing a poo and you're like fully like in that relaxed mode yeah. do you know what i mean so it felt relaxed because i couldn't hold it in i just wanted to like push so i just would sit at the toilet and i was like i hope my baby doesn't come out in the toilet <laughs> A bit like when you've got cystitis and you're like, I just need to sit on the toilet. Or in the bath, yeah. Yeah. So you can just, yes, it's exactly like that when you have cystitis. Yeah, Yeah. it was exactly like that. Just need to be relaxed. Oh, yeah. Cystitis. That is horrible. Right. Okay. So you give birth. (laughs) What is that post birth reality? And how did you find that transition in the first couple of weeks of being a new mum? FYI, can I just put in here, I remember speaking to you, FaceTiming you and Rich um, when you'd, I think I, I think we FaceTimed in the hospital and then I remember FaceTiming you guys when you were at home. You and Rich were like, like you'd been on some like yoga retreat for three months or something. You and Rich were just, you were levitating, like literally levitating. This must've been just a couple of days after you'd given birth and you were like up here. It was so lovely. I was like, I've never seen Lily this happy in my life. This yeah. is so beautiful. I think everyone reacts differently and depending on your hormones, again, it always comes down to hormones, but I definitely had that like post-baby high for like five days and I didn't get like a massive job, but I definitely like on day five cried like everyone does. We had like a bit of a traumatic like birth situation on like day three or something, not birth, weight, birth weight. Yeah. Um, But the first three days I was definitely on such a high. I was just like, I couldn't stop staring at her. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I love her. And I wanted, I made such an effort. I guess me and Rich are a bit like this as a couple. We were a bit like this with our wedding, but I made such an effort to, my friends came and visited me in hospital. I FaceTimed you from hospital because I hate it when my friends have babies and then I don't hear from them for a week. Like obviously <laughs> totally understandable, but like I love getting people involved and it felt, and I, it was exciting. I wanted to share it with people. So I did make like quite a conscious effort to do that. And it was fun and I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's harder like two, three weeks in. That first week you have like so many, so much support there, like I um the things that were unexpected, I think, from the first week or two, 
I didn't realize if you have a C-section, obviously this might not be the case in every hospital, every country, I I had to inject myself every day for 10 days afterwards and I had no idea about that and Rich had to do it because I couldn't inject myself in the stomach it was I hated it I dreaded it every day that was like a really really hard bit for me afterwards um and just this feeling of like heaviness I couldn't I couldn't stand up like without holding myself in and like I couldn't walk and all the struggles afterwards were not so much about gray it was like more about me and how I felt in my body um, the midwife comes, I don't know if you know, if you have a C-section, if you don't have stitches, sometimes you get this like wire put in and then they come on day three to remove the wire and they literally like, there's like a little bead and they pull it and you can't feel it, but I was so nervous. Like she took, brought me upstairs and I had to lie on my bed and she was like, okay, I'm going to do it now. And it's like, this is so mental. Like, I don't know, it's so weird, all that post-birth stuff that you don't know about. So you have this little like wire taken out and it all just feels like a really sore down there when you have a C-section. Um, breastfeeding was just a massive shock to me. I mean, I kind of knew it would be hard, but beforehand I thought I would just be like, I can do it or I can't do it. And if I can't, that's fine. And I thought it was such going to be such like an easy decision. And I ended up like trapped in this weird world and I couldn't get out and it wasn't even necessarily other people. It was like myself putting this pressure on me and all these different conditions that like come with it. I had like nipple thrush, mastitis. And I just think the support system that you surround yourself with is so important. I wish I'd known beforehand about breastfeeding specialists. I wish I'd known if there was one in my hospital or inquired about a private one and just done more planning when it comes to feeding. Just the guilt and the fear is so intense. If you decide to move on to bottles, it's so confusing. I found that part really, really tricky. Yeah, and I I just remember you being like so sad and like cut up about that. Like that felt like such a huge decision. And yeah, maybe maybe you you had you hadn't found the support network. You weren't sure like where to get the information yeah. from. And like you're someone who really thrives off of having that knowledge and having that power. Yeah, and at the same time, you you want your friends and family to meet your baby. Like there's this whole chat about visitors, and it is good to like have a chat with your partner first and get on the same page about with what you want and who you want to visit so you don't have random people turning up. And it's good if like your partner is the one to arrange what time people come to make sure that you can nap in between. And we were quite good like that. But I actually wanted people to come over. It's just really hard because you want them to come over, but you also have to feed them and you don't really know how you're feeding them yet. And people have opinions. And then before you know it, it's week three. Those first weeks fly by and, and you want to go to a cafe with friends and you want to do something a little bit normal. But then you're sitting there trying to pick like what juice you want. They're like, oh, can I get you a drink? And your mind is trying to think of what juice you want. But at the same time, you're thinking, are they pooing? Are they breathing? Are they warm enough? Like, when did I last feed them? Have I updated the app? Like, how, how am I going to feed in this position? Is there anyone looking? Is there someone behind me? Oh my God, is my buggy in the way? Do I seem like a chilled mum or do I seem like a paranoid mum? And they're like, orange juice? And you're like, I, do, I don't know how to do this. Am I ever going to... And to be honest, like a year later, I still feel a little bit like that. But it's like, do you remember that day I had with you and Mark? Yeah, the missing day. That was, day. no offense, nothing to do with the fact that it was you and Mark, but that was my like lowest day of like the first few months. Yeah, It was my like first job back. Anna and Mark came down to London and I was like, this is cool. Like everyone told me beforehand, like you're so lucky you work for yourself. You can just like work at home with the baby. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a photo shoot. We're going to go to a cafe down the road. And that's where I'll like write my caption out for the Instagram and send it to my managers, whatever. And we sat in the cafe. The shoot was fine, wasn't it? She was yeah. in the buggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took photos. I felt disgusting, but apart from that. And then we went to the cafe and then she was like kind of fussing a bit and she needed feeding. And I was like trying to concentrate on like reading this brief and writing this thing and I, did, I came home and I just cried for hours. And from that day on, I realized I can't do both. I can't have my mum brain on and my work brain at the same time. Yeah. And it's too it's too hard. It's too hard to like have a normal conversation and do it all at the same time. I found that really, really tricky. And I think that's that's a big learn for any new mum. It is that you, you might have plans of how you're going to do it. You might be like, okay, this is, like, this is what I'm going to do and this is the plan. But the plan changes, like you have a baby and things change. You might not feel the same way. You might be able to operate in the way that you thought you might be able to operate. So I think that was a huge learn. And you learned Mm. from that and you were just like, right now I'm not doing that anymore. So you have your work days, like now we're talking, we're doing this, but you wouldn't do this on a gray day. Like then you have your gray days and they're very split. They're very like, you keep your gray days very sacred. You do not work on those days. Mm. And it allows you to have 
that split and to use your brain power on these days to try or attempt to try and yeah. switch as much as you can into a work mode and then you just can fully be with gray I think I didn't realize before having a baby like how hard it is actually to when I thought about multitasking I just thought it was like doing two things at once holding a baby and cooking but it's like more of a mental multitasking it's just being able to like order some food at a cafe whilst working out how to breastfeed your baby that's a few weeks old it's really really tricky like it took me a while to work out how to you know if you came over or Debs any of my friends that didn't have babies like how do I have a conversation and engage and ask you about your life whilst also making sure my baby's okay and the buggy next to me like I found that so so hard yeah um definitely one of the hardest bits actually of that kind of the first few weeks and that transition first few months really yeah it's it's such a huge learning you're, you're just juggling so so many things I guess another question I had to ask was like how does your relationship with Rich change in all of this I think that's like a huge I mean I have made I have a long scroll list of reasons why having kids freaks me out and I think one of them is like I'm so me and Mark like we are good we're on the same page we are like loving life together with such a team and it's like how does how do things change do you feel more connected do you feel like even more of a team like how how has that worked between you I feel like this is a question that always comes up people are really worried about how it's going to change their relationship which is weird I don't think that was something that I worried about personally but I'm not sure why um yeah our relationship has definitely changed but like for the better 100 percent. like the only thing different is we don't do like spontaneous things as much and now like a year on we had a conversation the other day and we were like okay lockdown aside we should make more of an effort to like start going on date nights and stuff again but the past year like it's just it's been about her but it's been about her like both of us together it's brought us so much closer like our communication is so much better we have so much more chats about like her and how we want to be with her and it's like you're like sharing your love and you're proud of each other he's proud of me as a mom I'm proud of him as a dad like we literally laugh like every day and like obviously there's massive struggles as well but again that brought us closer we had like a a thing at the beginning where we got a phone call saying that she might have cystic fibrosis and those five days when we were waiting for the results like it was so interesting how different we reacted I was like I'm not going to worry about anything until we get the results I don't see the point and Rich was like having an absolute meltdown like I've never ever seen him like that and it makes you learn a lot about each other and how to act towards each other like yeah we've had big arguments and then afterwards you say okay this is how I react to situations and that's how you react to how can we help each other like we've just had to communicate better we don't I don't love arguing in front of her so that means that we try and deal with conflicts in like different ways um you just have to have patience and the hardest thing about being a new parent is that you're so tired and it makes everything harder. It's hard to have patience. It's hard to do anything when you're tired. So just being there for each other, making sure you're both getting enough sleep just will help the situation so much. But that first year you do just feel like um, you're in a bit of a bubble and it's nice. Like, don't be worried. I know everyone's going to be different. Like we had pretty solid relationship before. Yeah. But if anything, it's just, it's done so much good for our relationship, I think. That's really cute. Also, it must be so nice to see Rich as a dad. So like, nice. Like that's the one, that's on the list of pros for me is it's like Mark holding our baby. I just can't. I'm like, that to me is like ultimate. Like that would be the moment that'd be worth giving birth for. I'm like, that's yeah. just so cute. It's the best. And we're very we're different as parents as well. And that's something you have to kind of be flexible with. Like you can't, at the beginning, I think I realized that I can't make him be the same as I am. Yeah. I mean, like, we're going to do things differently and you let have to let each other do that. Um, something I'm struggling with at the moment because of how our work days are split. It's amazing how it is. Like Rich works part-time. So he has Gray for two days a week. And I love that. But it's quite a different situation. A lot of my friends, when they're working, their kids are at nursery. So when I'm working, she's with Rich and it's really nice. But obviously Rich wants to do fun stuff with her. (laughs) And it's really hard, like as a mum, to miss out on stuff. So like he wanted to take her to the zoo today. And I was like, oh, really? I want to go, I want to go to, like, oh, I don't know, it's really hard. And my friend was like, oh my God, I couldn't do that. She was like, "My, my kid's at nursery, having a great time, but they're just at nursery. They're not like having a fun day out at the zoo. 
it's really I find that really hard actually and I said to Rich I was like can you just I don't mind if you go to the zoo but like can we go to the zoo first and then like don't go to anything where it's like her first time yeah he was like well you can't control where I go and I was like I know but it's so hard to be missing out on stuff yeah um so that's quite tricky but it's nice to share her too he also wants to do the throwing around stuff as well. Oh my God. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I got so many questions, by the way, on like sex after having a baby. Oh yeah. People are really worried about that. I didn't have her like vaginally. Is that the word? I never, I, yeah, it always feels like a really clumsy word to say vag- vaginally. Vaginally. Yeah. Vag- yeah. No. I think it's vaginally. Vaginally <laughs> sounds weird. I, whatever. I didn't have her that way. Although I did get to 10 centimeters. So things are not Ooh. totally normal down there. Um, so it's different, but but mainly, guys, it's a, it's a mental thing. Like you're just too tired. <laughs> That's my issue. Like it's very hard to find the time because when you go to bed, you just want to go to sleep. Yeah. That's I think the main, the hardest part about having sex after having a baby is like you kind of have to wait till you're not tired again. And also, you just don't feel sexy. Like someone asked, did breastfeeding? What was the question? Did your relationship with boobs change after breastfeeding? I thought that was such a good question because. They 100% did. Like, I mean, I never thought boobs were that sexy before. I have to say, I was like, two lumps of fat on your body? Really weird You're not a boob that, girl. No, not not really. But, oh my God, after breastfeeding, no. They they are just fully, it makes you realise they're just like, they have a purpose. They feed children. <laughs> that is what boobs are for. And they're just not sexy to me anymore. Like, once you Google breast milk ducts, if you're feeling brave, okay. give it a Google you'll never look at boobs the same ever again. Like, it's mental. The that's the bit that goes behind them. Yeah, like that's When you thing. see what a boob looks like with all the different milk ducts leading down to the nipple and it's like so intense. And like, when you have a baby, it's like, tr- like hurting your boob and that whole breastfeeding journey I went through, like I'll never look at boobs the same. And I'm just like, no, nah, this is not sexy. So <laughs> it's, it's hard to want to be in the mood for sex when you're, you're just like, oh, I'm sweaty. My hormones are mental. I'm tired. Like I feel traumatized when I look at my boobs and like, I can't even have a proper bikini wax anymore because I've got like a massive keloid scar where my C-section was. And like, you're telling me you're in the mood for sex, like jog on. You're not setting any records for this month. No, 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 no. Can't say I am. <laughs> but, but, but if you're like really, you know, if you're looking at this and you're worried because you're like, oh my God, I love having sex with my partner. Like you're probably one of those really cool people who like three months later are like, woo, let's do it. Like, good we're, on you. We're back to our twice a day. Ooh, who has that energy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the final part of this podcast is sort of more based on like you now and like, how did you feel kind of afterwards in terms of like losing yourself in brackets? I think that's a big question that a lot of people in the Facebook group asked. Like, did you find that to be the case? And if so, how did you unlose yourself? How did you like get that back? Definitely, that's been my biggest struggle. And if I'm honest, I still feel that way. And I think what's important is that I need to stop trying to get back to who I was before because I'm never gonna be that person. I'm a different person now, I'm a mom. And I just need to find out what this new version of me is, Lily 2.0, and just like embrace that. And that's something that's taken a long time for me to like come to terms with. I remember the beginning when I would share like the realities on Instagram, a lot of people would be like nine months, nine months is a turning point. And they're right. Like physically, I started to feel a little bit more normal after nine months. That's like something to look forward to if you're in it at the moment. Um, And I'm starting to feel mentally a bit more like me now, like a year on. But yeah, I just, I think you just need to embrace this new version of you and stop trying to, you know, I got rid of all my old jeans. I was like, I really don't want them like hanging over my head. Like I'm, Mm. I'm not, that size 28 person anymore and like good for you if you if you are but I'm a new version of me and I need to be happy with my body I need to learn how to juggle my like mental health and that's just something that I think takes a while (laughs) and by the time you do you're probably pregnant with your second but (laughs) once all the kids now I kind of know what they mean when people are like get all the kids out the way (laughs) because then like in 10 years time I feel like when you're 40 you can start actually working on yourself again also I think Obviously, like you, you kind of have in your head, you're like, there's pre-baby Lily and then there's post-baby Lily. You have this very like definitive moment where you became a mum, you had Grey. But just think, even like me as a person who doesn't have a child, I'm not the same person who I was two, three years ago. Mm. But I, I don't have that pre and post point. I don't have that kind of like big life-defining moment. So it must be really hard. You're, you're comparing yourself in your head to that thing that you were two years ago, three years ago. 
And actually, even if you didn't have a baby, you wouldn't, you're, you're not going to be that person who, who was yeah. that person two or three years ago, because you've got that very like definitive point where it feels like you yeah. took kind of two years out or whatever to, you know, be pregnant and have a baby. But it, but you would you wouldn't be the same anyway if you didn't do that. Also, it's not a case of like longing to be that person before. If anything, it's the, the opposite. Sometimes I feel like I'm a bit mean to my like pre-baby self. And sometimes I'm like, oh, what were you even doing with your life? You must have been so bored. Or like, what value did you have? Or like, Because sometimes you get a bit overwhelmed when you have a baby. You get overwhelmed with this feeling of like, this is what life is all about. It really is quite overwhelming. I'm not like a positive person, I would say. But I like look great every day and I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. I can't believe it. Like, you are incredible. I, like, what the hell was I doing before you? Like, and it's quite overwhelming. And sometimes I'm a bit mean to my former self to be like, Lily pre-baby, like <laughs> brush her off, like she's so irrelevant, which is horrible. It, it's just a different person, but you do get a bit overwhelmed with like, oh my God, I wish I'd done this sooner almost. Yeah. It's crazy actually. And I need, to, I, at the beginning I found I really had to like chill that out. Like I got really, obviously some women choose not to have kids. And as someone who's like just had one and loves it, I struggled to understand why you would choose not to. Yeah, I still struggle with that a bit if I'm totally honest it's not that I like don't respect someone for their decision but it's like when you know the grass is greener when you know both I know what it's like not to have a kid and I know what it's like to have one and you almost just want like to scream at the top of your voice and tell the world like trust me trust me just try it you'll understand that was a question Um, actually in the Facebook group sort of like how do you how how do you stop yourself being like pro-pregnancy propaganda (laughs) yeah it's really hard (laughs) it's really hard It, it is because it's just, you just don't understand until you do it. And I thought I did. I had sisters with kids and friends with kids and I really thought I got it. And then I was like, oh, you feel like you've suddenly joined this club. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And it's quite hard to like chill that out a bit. Yeah, like come everyone, come join the club. But then it's it's not the right decision for every single course, person. Course and I would love, I don't have any friends close to me who have made that choice. And if I did, I would love to chat to them about it. I'm definitely going to be reading Emma Gannon's new book, Olive, which is yes. all about that. Yeah. Because um, it's definitely an interesting topic, but yeah. I'm waiting for that book to come out. I think it's been pushed back a couple of times and I'm like, please just come out. I'm desperate to read it. Yeah. And the audiobook because it's read by the girl from um, Fleabag. Fle- the, sister. the sister from Fleabag. Yeah. 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 I saw that. Um, I guess another thing that we've, sort of spoken about a lot and I think a lot of our listeners wanted to hear about is that like how do you find the balance of being a mum and doing what we do especially with the internet like this is honestly something that me and Lily probably like drove ourselves a bit mad about like just talking about what do you do sharing online like but it's not even just that we work from home we work from for ourselves you work two days a week and how how have you just managed that I feel like we've kind of spoken about we've we've touched on this throughout the the podcast anyway but how do how do you manage and deal with that mum guilt again and I also I'm always so aware I don't want to like put you off having babies so it's (laughs) work wise so I'm like always aware of what I'm saying to you but yeah like you said before the obsession the focus was always on like oh do I share my child in a video and a photo and like so funny because that has just been the like least biggest issue and we thought that would be the biggest thing like yeah when you were pregnant my gosh we sat and we strategized and we like discussed we're like hey I think for this to this age and how that person's done it like it it was something we honestly consumed ourselves with if any I think you just kind of get a gut feeling it's just not as big a deal as I thought like I just put a bit here a bit there like sometimes I show her face sometimes I don't I don't tend to like put her in like a main grid photo that often but I'll do a bit on stories and just kind of go with how I feel like it might change when she's older and she's at school and stuff and she looks more like herself but that just hasn't been like the biggest thing like I can see why some people get sucked into it because if I do post a photo with gray like it will get three times as many likes and I can understand why some people would be like but that I'm not really like that like so it doesn't really bother me it's just like oh that's cute but I don't need to do that all the time yeah um and, you know, I just, I don't use her as clickbait. Um, and I try to be considerate of what I share with her. But actually it's been quite easy and I've just had this like natural, like gut instinct, really. The thing that I found much harder, which I was not expecting, is the kind of hit on work and jobs. As soon as I got pregnant, really, and I was visibly pregnant, brands stopped working with me. And then when I had a baby, I was very much like put in this category of like mummy blogger, which is crazy. Like, 
And it's been really hard to try and prove to brands without kind of speaking to them directly, but prove within my content that you can be a mum and you can enjoy beauty and you can enjoy fashion and you can enjoy food. Just because you're a mum doesn't automatically mean that your audience are all mums. Mm. You know, I've had brands say like, oh, well, we didn't, you know, need a mummy blogger in this campaign. Since when am I a mummy blogger? Just Mm. because I'm a mum. So it's really hard not to be put into that category, into that box. Um, I understand there's like an awkward phase where fashion brands can't work with you because they don't do maternity lines or something like that. But I think that's been much harder. Um, and my work has really changed because of that. And I don't think it's fair that you should have to like hide the fact you're pregnant or you should have to not put your kid on Instagram or anything just to kind of prove. Because people love, the audience love it. They love the variation in content. So I just wish brands understood that. Also, just the insecurity of working part-time, going from a job where I worked 24-7 to being that person that works two days a week. And like, how can I compete with other people who work full-time? And I think a lot of part-time working mums feel the same in that way. My like availability has changed. Mm. Um, And just like feeling less appealing than others and the lack of support, you know, before having a baby, if I had a job, I'd be like, oh, Rich, can you help me shoot this? And now I can't because Rich is looking after Grey. So yeah. it's just tricky working all of that out. And that I wasn't wasn't prepared for how hard that would be. Yeah. And I think that's something that obviously two months after having Grey, you're grappling with. And then it's still something that like a year after it, it's, it's like a long process. It's not something you can just in a day be like, cool, okay, this is my new routine. And this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how it's going to be from now. I think it's been a real like evolution and something that you're constantly having to think about and, and change and try new things. And I'm really proud of you as a friend. I think you've done an incredible job. I think what we do on the outside can sometimes appear quite easy, like in terms of, oh, you have a baby, that's fine. Yeah, you can just do it while the baby sleeps or take a photo while the baby does this. Like, and it, it, it isn't that easy because you are at home. She is there all the time, even obviously with lockdown and Rich, you know, is in there in the house. And I think you've done an amazing job, like juggling it all and still still creating content that your viewers who've stuck by you all these years find engaging and entertaining. And I love, I do love a little look at Grey, like online when you posted, <laughs> when you, you posted the photos yesterday, I was just like, oh, that's so nice. I obviously don't have kids. And I was just like, I still want to see that like I still want to see that side of you and I, I think you've done an, a, a really amazing job yeah thank you I'm very really much. proud still working on it yeah but you're you're doing effing great okay let's try finish this off with some practical advice like what is your advice for women who are thinking about having a baby sometime soon women who are pregnant right now and anyone who has just given birth yeah I think if you're thinking about having a baby I would say just try not to worry about something that you don't know don't mm-hmm. obsess over whether you're going to show your baby on the internet. On the internet. <laughs> don't, don't try and like work out what sort of mum you're going to be or what sort of birth you're going to have. Like you just don't know. So don't spend your whole time worrying about it. That's yeah. what I would change if I could go back. Yeah. If you're trying for a baby, I would say just like know you're not alone and find someone to talk to. Um, be really kind to yourself and your body. Oh my God, I got so like into those forums. You know, they have like different things. They say like TTC. That means trying, trying to conceive, to conceive. yeah <laughs> or like all these I was literally like what is this world that I've discovered I had no idea but anyway, I'd say don't get obsessed with those but just like you know be kind to yourself if you're trying um and then if you're actually having a baby I would say work out your support system and use them like I said get your partner or anyone to organize visitors who comes when who's cooking you food get you know contact for your breastfeeding specialist if you're unsure and if you're worried and like use them early on do not wait like a few months in find a friend get a friend with a baby um who you can whatsapp in the middle of the night you know i'm not going to whatsapp anna at three in the morning she's not going to be awake so i have a whatsapp group with friends who have babies and they're the ones that i speak to at three in the morning when i'm crying and breastfeeding and it's all going tits up literally uh find the person who's going to be that person who will pop to the pharmacy for you like anna could be that person if she lived in london yeah. do you know what i mean who's like oh my god i need something for the pharmacy people want to help so like find your people your support system and work out who's going to do what um my absolute biggest tip would be don't tell people your due date big mistake people even people who have had babies 
forget that a due date means absolutely nothing. It's literally a number plucked out of like thin air, might as well be. It means nothing. Um, It just puts so much pressure on you. Even if people aren't messaging you on the day, like you know that they know and you almost convince yourself of it. Like next time, I mean, actually this time I think I said sometime in May, but I told a lot of people my due date and I think I'll do things differently next time. Just a final tip if you are trying for a baby, take folic acid and also be aware when you are pregnant, your feet grow. <laughs> On that bombshell. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> I just want to say a huge thank you to Lily there for like opening up and just like giving us the real deal and being like what you spoke about then some of that is super vulnerable so thank you I found that really interesting and I'm sure our listeners did too but thank you have I put you off no you haven't you haven't put me (laughs) off like I've got my pros and cons list and I feel like ultimately ultimately all of the things on my cons list are like things that I'm scared about and it's probably like a control a lack of control and like freaking out about things that actually I'm sure once I, if and when I have a child, I won't worry about. Um, yeah. But I think you're like that. I think really organized people who have babies end up being like really like easygoing and like easygoing people end up becoming really organized. Really? It's good for you. It's good to find that balance. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Don't good. worry. You haven't put me off. But thank you so much to everybody for listening. Um, next week's topic, if you want to get involved, we will put it on to our Facebook page. If you just go on at home with Liliana on Facebook, you can find it. It's a group. Come join. We accept everyone. You're you're all you're all invited. And we're kind of just gonna do a bit of a general FAQ. And we feel like every couple of weeks we'll just do a bit of a general whatever you want to ask us. Um maybe Q&A. there's yeah, a QA. Maybe maybe there's some things in previous episodes that you want us to elaborate on. Ask us whatever you want. We're open books. So that's what we're gonna talk about next week. Um, but don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube. I'm at Lily Pebbles. Anna's at the Anna Edit. And thank you so much, Joel, our <laughs> producer and editor. And sorry again, you're just gonna know way too much about Good females. So we 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 just we hope we never have to see Joel face to face and look him in the eye ever again. No offense. <laughs> but remember to tune in next Thursday for a new episode, and we'll speak to you then. Bye. Bye.